0: Yo yo yo! This is Ologist repping the Better Beat Bureau, Common Good Records in the building. Checking out some exclusives on the last of the Soul Heekens podcast with my man Soul Frito, representing with Flavor. What up, Bana?
1: What's going on, world? It's your man Soul Frito representing with Flavor live in the Seven Cities, Virginia Beach, in the garagement. The garagement. <laughs> the, garage-ment. <laughs> the garagement with my man Ologist. The head of Common Good Records, uh, producer, father, vinyl collector, Latin music lover.
0: What else? Hey, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. You hey, to get go, go ahead, mom. grab the
1: mic. Grab the mic. Yeah, gotcha. So we're here. We're live in his uh, honeycomb hideout, where well, all the magic happens, as they say. I gotta put my deep no, voice no, no, on. No, 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 not <laughs> that, that kind of magic, though. So how you been, brother? I'm good, man. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed. Good, good to good. see you, brother. Yeah, yeah good to, good see, to you. see you. Bro. All right, my man. Well, I, I've always been appreciative of what you've done for me while I was down in the Seven Cities. You let me be a part of what you got going on. Absolutely. And I'm grateful Absolutely. you let me do my MC thing. So for those who don't know, I met this gentleman at the Thanks for Listening event, which was a producer's showcase for local talent and local artists. And uh, talk about that real quick before we uh, talk about
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we started, uh, this was kind of a brainchild of uh, me and a friend, Soup. Uh, For a long time. And uh, a friend of ours, Doty, who has uh, Thank You Gallery. Uh, We have been talking about this for a while, too. And Doty's put on events in the area for for years in various different places. And uh, now owns uh, Artis Tiki. Artis. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So... Uh, we have been talking about doing something kind of on the producer hip-hop instrumental front for some time, mm-hmm. and uh, we're kind of looking for the right venue, and we approached a few different places, and, you know, Soup and I kind of let it let it sit until the right thing came up, and uh, talking with Dodie, uh, he had the shop over at Selden Market when they first opened Selden Market. They just had kind of a separate gift shop over there. So it kind of made good sense, and it was, a, it was a cool spot for the time. And so really the focus of the event was to just have a place where local producers could come and play music, like an a, a MC open mic, but for beat makers. So you could come through with your iPhone. You could come through with your laptop. You could bring a beat machine, whatever it was, and just wild out and play tracks, you know, so anybody could show up and, and just do their thing. And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, yeah, it got some people that maybe weren't the best or were maybe kind of newer, I guess, in the production world, but there was a lot of people that were nice that yes, you would not never. have thought were nice. And you were there. So you kind of saw some of that. And, and that's really what the purpose of the event was, is to have a place where people felt like, Hey, no matter where I'm at skill wise, everybody that's there participating is supportive of everybody else. And it's a place where people can network and just build and build around the production. You know, it's not MCs rapping over it. No disrespect to the MCs because We loved MCs, but, you know, it was a place really where the people in the back could kind of be in the front and kind of share their, you know, share their art.
1: One thing I respected about what you did was even if the gentleman wasn't talented or the, you know, young lady, whoever was playing a beat, you didn't like put them down. Right. Like if the beat was whack, but there was like three seconds of heat you be like yo that 3 seconds right there that was hot <laughs> that was we was on the build but
0: yo but so that was hot
1: the yeah, other yeah, 237 yeah. take that out these 3 <laughs> right here yeah this was that that's what you need to do and with this generation gap that in my opinion is stunting the growth of hip hop as a whole cuz you know you have your rappers your mumble rap whatever you want to call them right. nowadays but at the end of the day they stem from you know hip hop so it's sad how like these OGs don't instead of criticizing just build like hey if you just did this that would have been dope right so for you to do that that was good to see
0: like right cause hey, I, I, just build right because I'm I, I mean I'm guilty of being like old oh, man get off my lawn you know what I'm saying like I trust me I spend a lot of time on the front porch right. you know observing what's going on so to speak you know but. You got to understand is that, you know, the times change and, and, and the styles change and the cultures change. But at the end of the day, what you'll find if you just sit down and talk to these cats is they're still really about hip hop. They might make a certain type of music that might not be my favorite, but them cats, by and large, really do know about hip hop and they understand hip hop. And so I think older heads. I guess I'm in the older head camp now, gray hairs and shit will tell you that that's what it is. You know, we just got to stop and listen for a damn minute, you know, instead of thinking we know mm. everything. So, you know, that's that's one thing, too. I felt like everybody was there that was old heads, were respectful of that and understood that and kind of did. You know, it was all positive encouragement. You know, there are cats that obviously are going to know when they get out there and they hear something that's crazy, like... Damn, I probably need to step my game up. But that's how we all learned. Right. Was being around somebody that we felt like was better than us. Right. And that's where the growth happens. So that's really another thing that I think the event provided.
1: That's very true, and I loved it. So not only did you put that together,
0: you are a label owner. Y- yeah, I guess that's that's technically true. So do you yes. not own a label? <laughs> Well,
1: it it, it is, I guess, the definition
0: of a label in the sense that we put out music, you know, and um, I think the approach that we're taking. So I work with a partner out on the West Coast. Jason McGinnis goes by Analog Burners. Um, He's done a lot of different production in various places, jazz, funk, soul, hip hop stuff. And him and I actually connected through Instagram some number of years back um, when I was working on the first uh, collective beat tape. To Instagram, so I had reached out to a bunch of different casts I knew on Instagram that were dope producers. I knew some of them personally, some of them I didn't know. He was one of the ones that I didn't know, but he approached me and was like, Yo, if you need help putting this out, hit me up and you know, we'll work on it, we'll do that. So, uh, you know, from there over the last three years or so, him and I have been kind of consistently building, and so got to the point where he was putting out things, I was trying to put out things. We said, It probably just makes a lot of sense to work together and build off each other's strengths and put our stuff together. And so that's really kind of where we are. I'm ologist, and I want you to know that these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up. You said, if you want to
1: call it that, why did you say that?
0: Well, I guess, I, I mean, everybody owns a label, so okay. to speak. You feel me? And so a lot of people run around their CEO of this and president of that. And they ain't president of none, but their neighborhood MP3 club. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Like, they're not... They're not. They're putting out music, and I think they they have good intentions. But you know, I, I just try to let the music speak for itself, really, and say, hey, we're just gonna we're gonna show and prove what we're doing by just putting stuff out, putting out good music. So yeah, I guess technically we are running a label. Um, but, you know, I think our approach for it is a little bit different. You know, we're not necessarily trying to get rich off of it. You know, hopefully we make enough money to fund other projects. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what we want to be able to do is have it be self-sufficient. But we're not owning people's rights. We're not owning people's masters. We're there to help people put out good music and, and to build with people that, you know, we've built relationships with over time and put out good quality music, you know, and we'll make sure that people have their artwork protected. We're able to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And that's really what our goal is. And that's kind of hints behind the name Common Good. Okay. So, you know, we started out by putting out a couple of records to help people who were in different situations um, to help them cover money for medical costs, things like that. So that was really kind of the genesis of where, where we even started with you know, the name of the label, I guess, so to speak.
1: So what makes a good record label? Because you were just talking about how, like, hey, we don't jerk you, we don't take your rights, we don't do this. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no. Why is that
1: important for somebody in the independent game to know?
0: I think what you'll hear a lot of cats say, like, if you're listening to people's interviews, oftentimes what you hear people say is how the label was so demanding, so domineering, hey, you need this feature, you need this you know, producer, you need this rapper, all these different things. I think the best thing is when you just let the artist do what the fuck they want to do. Like, as a, as a label, you should associate yourself with artists that you respect and trust their artistic judgment and let them do that. That's what made them great to start with. Like, who am I to come in and say, nah, you should do this a little bit different? That don't make any sense. And that's not even
1: your sound or your vibe.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And you want to... And the thing that... that's funny you say that, because if I'm an independent label or a label owner in general, and you have something that's different, I want to capitalize off that. So why the hell would I change it if that's not who you are? (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that, I mean, to me, that's the thing that really makes a good label. is putting out things you love and that you're passionate about and letting those artists be themselves.
1: And I think that's why, when I said earlier about Loud Records, I think that's why they were the best, because they didn't sell their souls. Like, Cats were going platinum plus, talking about, like, gangster shit. Like, Like, I mean, bro... Capital Punishment, Only with for Cuban Links, Enter the Wu-Tang, Exhibit, uh, Alcoholics, I believe, was on there. Um, who else was on live records? A lot of people. A lot of people. people. And it was just raw mm-hmm. because they didn't compromise. Mob Deep. Right. Forgive me. Mob Deep. Like, cause they. Didn't. part of
0: that was the vibe at the time, too, when they just let people rub right. with that vibe. Right. the vibe.
1: They didn't right. change the vibe. Def right. Jam, in my opinion, like made people commercial. Loud was like, nah, bro, this is New York. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is the Go sound. Let's do right. it. Okay,
0: you know, but uh, but at the same time, like you know, some of those other labels that were trying to push for that may have been doing it with intentions that made sense. It's like, hey, we can build into a new space that hip hop has never been. But you got to think at the time, right? Hip hop wasn't commercial like that, right? It wasn't, you know it wasn't the mainstream on the forefront that was in everybody's suburban household, right. so to speak, right? So, you know, I think Kat saw opportunities to really push it somewhere different than it had never been before. So I don't necessarily say it was all for the wrong reasons. I'm sure there were a lot of opportunistic people in it, but you know, I think over time it's maybe moved somewhere where people, you know, didn't necessarily think gotcha. or, or maybe want.
1: All right, so let let me know the life Give me a POV of the life of an independent producer, label owner. What are the struggles? What are the
0: day-to-days of it being an indie label owner? Uh, time, man. Time, money. Uh, I, I say, you know, the, those two are, are difficult. There's plenty of great music to put out. I mean, we, we're really blessed to, you know, between Jason and I really have a lot of... Uh, you know, good contacts and, and and people that we genuinely consider friends that are talented musicians. I mean, that's, you know, that's a blessed place to be in. So... The problem is not getting good music and having access to good music. The problem is time and being able to coordinate it all, resources to be able to get it all out and do that in an efficient way. So, you know, record, you know, we're really focusing on trying to put out physical products. Check it. We're giving a copy away of Dirty Money Breaks on Vinyl. Easy to enter. Just make sure you're following the last of the Soul Heakins podcast on Instagram and tag a friend. Get these breaks.
1: Is, is that important in the, in the game?
0: Uh, to me, it is. Why? Man, because, I, well, I think it adds value to the music. And I'm not saying that digital-only music doesn't have value, but think about anything that you own physically versus something that you just got on the computer or heard on your phone mm. I, it just carries a little bit different weight like you can't tell me like you treat an mp3 of capital punishment the same way as you would the my LP. record yeah Dog, you got that shit in plastic wrap <laughs> you're handling it with white gloves like it's your fucking newborn child like yo you value it and you sit down and you're looking at it and you're reading credits and you're looking at the artwork and it's an experience man like it's a connection to the music that cats don't have in the digital realm now so so, to me that's important that's what I came up on you know I'm not putting out records and we're not putting out records and tapes because we're trying to capitalize on this kind of retro fad that's you know you isn't call that it crazy fa- it's retro yeah, now right yeah it's a retro fad it's ridiculous you know we're taking Polaroids and shit again and you know all these things and and, and I can speak on why I think that is but speak I'll on it wrong that but you know that's that's i think what's so important to us about putting the physical product out is it creates a connection with the music that otherwise isn't there and frankly you know a lot of the people that kind of follow us and follow what we're doing and just the friends we have in general that's kind of the medium of music that they collect so it makes sense i think for what i guess our target audience would be got you so
1: how does a indie label like really start making money uh, i mean like how long does it take it but you, you know, say you don't even I, like it for the money,
0: right? But I, I'm my first venture into this, right? So I'm sure cats got a million opinions, and anything I say is probably going to be wrong to at least somebody, right? Um, how do you make money in it? I mean, there's so many avenues right now. Like a lot of younger cats are, are that I see and know personally are making decent money off streaming. I mean, it sounds crazy to me, but you know, some of these cats just put out tons and tons of music on Spotify and things like that and, and make some level of decent money. I can tell you the people that rock with us aren't necessarily in that same camp, you know, we're not kind of a SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, so to speak, uh, target, you know what I'm saying, and that's fine, you know, but the important thing is to know your lane, right? right, so how do we start to make money and how do we make it sustainable, I think it's getting a number of projects out and getting things rolling and having things be a somewhat of a consistent, more predictable release schedule, doing that, you have money coming back in from the last project that funds the next project, so forth and so on, you know, so we've got everything lined up. We've got you know physical distribution. We've got all these different things lined up. Um, you know, we've got all the infrastructure from an internet perspective, so forth and so on. So I think for us, all the infrastructure is there, and all the things are there. The music is there. It's just kind of really getting. We've gone through a few releases, and we feel like okay worked out a model, now it's putting that model to work. So, okay. you know, I think once we get over that, you know, kind of past that hurdle is where I, we'll be fine. You know, I don't have any concern about it.
1: How do you feel about Best Buy getting rid of CDs and on a Keeping Records final?
0: That sounds ridiculous. I mean, it's fu- I mean it sounds ridiculous in the sense that that's hilarious, you know, right. that they've gotten rid of CDs, but who buys CDs? Like, apps in Japan? Like, apparently cats in Japan buy CDs like crazy. But... I don't know anybody that buys CDs. Jay Clyde buys CDs, I think. Still, shout out to Jay Clyde. Better beat Bureau. Every out, yeah, that's my <laughs> homie, man. He will, he will buy every album. That dude knows more about hip hop than anybody I know. So, um, but no, nah, man. I mean, Best Buy's trying to make a dollar, man. They're in a business where they're a big box store, and they're trying to downsize, so they're trying to cut space, cut costs, anything they can to make a buck. I mean, I guess it is what it is. It's a business move.
1: But does that speak volumes to the record industry as far as uh, physical sales?
0: I think it speaks to how people currently consume music. I don't mm. know that it necessarily speaks to physical sales. Like if if you would have told somebody ten years ago that you know vinyl was going to be increasing at a double triple digit rate yes. year every year, they would have laughed at you. I tell people now that cassettes are back, people laugh at me. But yo, like going Best Buy, they sell Walkmans in there. Oh, really? I've seen Walkmans in there. (laughs) The yellow joint? Tell me, (laughs) I wish you had the yellow, the sport joint? Yeah, that was, man. (laughs) No, but again, you know, so had you told me that five years ago, I would have thought that's crazy too. But it's just the way the space has moved. Like before you know it, I mean, Apple has a plan right now to get rid of selling MP3s. They're going to get rid of digital MP3 sales and go just to a streaming model. I can't remember what the time frame is—three years, five years, something like that. But the fact
1: that it's coming.
0: But the fact that it's coming, they're already planning for that.
1: So let's talk so, about this shirt you got on. Hold on, I'm sorry. Uh, I saw—I was reading a Smokey Mouse records. What does it say?
0: Snaky Mouse records. Oh, Snaky. Yeah. My man uh, Brian Villarón did this. Does it say um, doodle on the paper? Doodle on the paper. Yeah, that's his little—that's his little company. And he's—he's he's a super dope artist. I got one of his magazines
1: around Oh yeah, somewhere. show it off.
0: Oh bam! Look. Damn, you would think this was a a plant, dog. Like, he got this little indie zine here that he put out um, when they did the Indie Magazine Day. But he's, he's like, you talk to anybody around here that does artwork, you know, shout out Brian, man. He is one of the best, man. A talented guy. I've known him forever. This is pretty dope. Yeah, It's dope. All their
1: records. Okay. He's done, he's done
0: design for a, a lot of different people, businesses. He did all the aunties stuff. He did all their rollout really? and all their, all their digital <laughs> That's stuff. That's pretty dope. He did all the Dominion Donuts logo and design and all those things. So you've seen his work around, you know. Check it. We're giving a copy away of Dirty Money Breaks on Vinyl. Easy to enter. Just make sure you're following the last of the Soul Heekens podcast on Instagram and tag a friend. Get these breaks.
1: And so let's see here. What kind of what kind of records you doing? Are you doing like Mad Lib Invasion type style, where you just do beats, or is it hip hop? Um,
0: as far as what we're releasing on the yeah, because I never asked you. Um, we're, we're focusing. Uh, I mean, it sounds like kind of a wide swath, but you know, when you hear about and you hear some of the releases, it makes sense. But it's basically jazz, funk, soul, hip hop. Mm. So that's really kind of the realms that we cover. So, um, you got any you got anything pressed got, up? Uh yeah well you know what you, you you want to premiere something on here
1: absolutely I, I don't know man I was just vibing with you that's premiere I wasn't right, let me see. I had no plans I just over love the this, vibes here
0: over here is five hundred records or something we haven't even announced yet
1: okay um, so this is fresh Press. yeah I got you fresh press fresh, yeah, fresh. Band, yeah. it was always something about vinyl that just like Especially, yeah. it's yeah it's, it's, look at that. See, this is exciting. This is the stuff I live for. I've been preparing myself for this kind of moments in my life. Where I meet indie cats. I used to watch a lot of interviews like this. That's why I like doing stuff like this. Just raw. You know, to show some stuff that people don't know about.
0: So this is um Here you go, boss. So this is the next thing we'll be releasing. It's a a drum break record and a producer kit. So what is a
1: drum break for these young cats So for the listeners? A
0: drum break is what it sounds like. It's just drums. Like, that sounds ridiculous to some young cats. But, you know, you got to think like in the birth of hip hop, you know, when things really started moving and B-Boys and they're looking for breakbeats and things like that. Right. You know. Funky drum or shit like that, right? People were always looking for those break, break beats, beats, you know, and they were that's that's where B boys would get off at. And so, you know, producers really started looking for those when they started producing tracks and they started chopping up drums and things like that. They take drum loops and
1: Who's the best at that?
0: Who's the best at what? Well,
1: you're saying taking the drum loops and sampling.
0: Oh man, there's been so many people that do it and have done it. I mean shit. I couldn't even give you a straight answer on that, man. I'm gonna have to pass. I dig it. I'm gonna it. have to pass. I got but, you. All right. You know, so you know, this is one of the things that we're we're doing is kind of serving that producer community, that DJ community. So this is a drum break record, um, it's called "Dirty Money Breaks." Jake Nager, and he's from uh, San Diego. He plays in a group called Surefire Soul Ensemble, which is a big. Um, kind of funk outfit out of Southern California.
1: Oh, you're going to rock that for us?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can Mr.
1: Selector!
0: We can play a little bit. He's, he's played with Redman, Big Daddy Kane, Beat Nuts. And he's a
1: musician musician? He's a
0: drummer. drummer. He's a drummer. So these are
1: real deal Holyfield drum breaks.
0: This is Jake Major. And you're checking out my new drum break record, Dirty Money Breaks, with Soul Frito and the last of the Soul Heekens podcast.
1: So right now we're having a Common Goods premiere live on Last of the Sohicans. So why is having something like that available to the masses important?
0: So really what what is what it's doing is kind of serving a few fronts. So one, you know, first and foremost, man, I came, I came up, you know, making beats. You know, so we're always looking for drums, right? You're trying to look for drums for your tracks, things like that. You know, it provides cats with fresh drums. Mm. You know, they can chop them up themselves they can take loop, they can loop it up, they can chop one hits, they can do all these different things with it, so it gives them access to a dope drum library Mm. right on the record, right? So you got eight breaks on this right here, so you got eight different drum breaks on there, different patterns, cadences, sounds, you know, those types of things. So right off the bat, but what we're doing too is we're pairing that with a digital kit, right? So you also get a digital kit download that we've already pre-chopped like 100 sounds, Mm. organized by kicks, snares, hi-hats, crashes, all that type of stuff. And you also get all of the unedited digital stems to those eight breaks plus another eight breaks that aren't on the record. So, you know, for 10 bucks, you're getting a record, you're getting a digital drum kit, everything. So bam, you're out the door, 10 bucks. Like, yo, I mean not to the front. There are a lot of other dope drum kits out there, but yo, they're 25, That's pretty, 30, yeah. 35 dollars. Like, yo, for 10 bucks. Or if you don't want to scoop the vinyl for 10, you can buy just a digital kit. About, but, for like, less. but damn, yo, I mean, might as well get the vinyl, yo, for not the, yeah, yeah buy I mean, the vinyl. Know, hey, you can't beat it,
1: okay. What, what so, else we got? That was dope, so man. that, so
0: that's so that's what that is. Um, we got another project that we've got test presses for. Um, up here, Look, I'll show you the backside, of bong this. bong. But uh, we need to play you a little something from it, uh, please, on a, please, on a secret. But, yep, so we got a test press of this. This is all for pressing right now. Is that now. what
1: white label was back in the day?
0: Yep, exactly. So, see, you can see what it is. This is coming out of Inglewood, California. It's like a, it's a hip-hop record, man, like a West Coast. Brother, you got to play me a track. I'll play you a track. You got to play me a track. Um.
1: This is Low Blow, and you're checking out exclusives off my new upcoming album, First Book of Timothy, with Soul Frito on the last of the Soul Heakins podcast. But it's
0: real musical.
1: I'm not talking about no ex, I'm talking about my sister, you on my mind all the time, I think about you sometimes, I try not to cry, flashbacks to the Thanksgiving dinners that you used to make, and a sweet potato pie she used to bake, warm soul, she was so genuine, I remember when I first moved on Tennessee, she used to tell me, tree, live your life, I see what you're doing, and I think you're doing it right, she saw me go to work the day, school
0: at night, she said, your friends, you know who's wrong and who was right, you know. Firstborn, I got the call from him that you were gone,
1: the pain was so strong, I hung up the phone in a awkward fashion, I was just with you, talking, laughing, deep down you was in pain, trying to hide it, the doctors all saying the same, she got to fight huh? in life you only get one plane, you the pilot, I wish I knew that last day that you were dying, the wounds that manifest on your skin, turn into my wounds and manifest within Mother, she was a friend R.I.P. Big Sis Till I see you again you. Yeah, yeah, this is Low Blow And you're checking out exclusives Off my new upcoming album First Book of Timothy With Soul Frito On the last of the Soul Heakins Podcast From Inglewood. Englewood. Englewood. Englewood Who's the producer?
0: Uh, Luke Ellington Word did up. a lot of Luke this. Ellington yeah, He's
1: ridiculous How'd you find him out of this cat?
0: Through, uh, through Mike Holden. Um, so, Mike Mike knew Jason, um, approached, you know, some people that talked to him, tell them what we were doing, so they brought us a project just to see if it was something we were interested in, and uh, we heard it, and we're like, man, this is crazy, we'll put it out, and they were excited about, you know, the prospect of it, so we worked out a deal on it, and, you know, here we are, so... Man. Hopefully this will be coming out Hopefully August Alright rough, Roughly August time frame right. yeah. yeah So Yeah Yo Yeah Put that up It's real
1: Got it on deck My nigga got some train wreck he put that on the set On the 5 On the fire floor Roll in the backwood Niggas talking shit They
0: know it from that hood motherfucking ride. I drop knowledge. I do this for the grime. It's niggas and high scholars. higher learning? As soon as we step in the spot, we burning on that medical. Dipping the highway on the federal show. Who brought the edibles? I'm zoning out on the couch. for y'all be out for the count. I'll roll up another ounce in large amounts. It's back-to-back sessions. Y'all still smoking on this resin resin. scraping for hits. Shorty faded the pin. Come blow me a kiss. But first, take another hit of this. Yeah, I tell that bitch. low
1: I I miss that kind of funk. Yeah, exactly. People talk crap about you know G Funk era and when Snoop and Dre were killing it, but bro, they made some good ass music, dog. Yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> and that
0: shit was, you know, you gotta think like even then that shit was musical. I mean these cats like Luke and and Mike and you know they just did an incredible job with the project, man. Um, Luke does a lot of work with Kamasi Washington uh, as a saxophone player. He's done a lot of big stuff, did work on Kendrick Lamar's Pimple Butterfly, did work on Damn. You know, so he's he's well known in the jazz scene as a legitimate jazz Jazz player. player. Right. So Jason had done some work with him in the past, too. So just kind of a small world out there with all that. So that's kind of how all these projects have kind of come together. Through those connections, where did your
1: love of jazz come from?
0: My love for jazz music, I guess, kind of evolved over time, um, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of cats that you're gonna talk to really, their love of everything jazz. Uh, funk, soul, all those different things was really born out of hip hop, man. Absolutely, you know. I mean, there's just that's as simple as that. So you know, you're listening to these things, and your young kid like, oh, this beat is dope. This beat is crazy. Oh shit, you know, damn, this is it beats hard or it's soulful or it's this or it's that. And then you start realizing where that stuff came from. And you're like, oh, let me let me hear where the this original. came from. Right, let me hear the original. And then you just start going and going and going, like, "Oh, this is dope! Oh, wow, this artist, okay. Let me listen to this artist because that artist sounds like this artist." And and that's where you kind of grow from, man. And that and that's really where the love for all of this music came from was really started off with hip hop. You
1: know who did that for me? The RZA.
0: Right. Everybody has their RZA, you know, so to speak. Whether it's Premier, what you know, whatever the case right. may be. He, he was Dilla for a lot of cats. True. now. You know, I mean, it, Kanye yeah. even. Kanye even, yeah, for, for a lot of...
1: Soul funk samples, yeah. or just soul, just samples in yeah. general. You got to give him credit. Mad nah, lib. I,
0: Yeah, I never want to say that Kanye, like, he, you know, some people trying to say, like, he invented soul Nah, like, Mad, lib. mad he, lib. man. He might have made it, he might have made it popular Tur- again right. in mainstream, mainstream. sense. Mainstream. Um, but, nah, he, he ain't invent that, you know? I mean...
1: The, hey, know, the rap fans' mind is fickle. I'm learning that.
0: Absolutely. All right,
1: so, best. So, jazz through hip-hop... Yep. Now one genre of music that you love that I was uh sleeping on your skills is Latin music. <laughs> what is it about Latin music that you love it?
0: Uh
1: let's talk about that for before, before we close I, it out.
0: Man, um yo, there's there's something that just oddly enough like speaks to me. I'm not I'm not Hispanic like from a backdrop, I'm part Native American. Um not a huge part. I don't, don't quote me 20 percent. Enough to have a little bit of a complexion. <laughs> um you know, I studied Spanish in school like everybody else did. You know, I spent time abroad and things like that, Guatemala, Honduras, those types of places. Um, but there's just something that's always kind of spoke to my spirit a little bit. I know that might sound a little corny and cheesy and shit, but I don't know, man. There's just some sort of connection there. Maybe it's like a past life thing or something, but that's that's really what it is, and it's grown over time, and I just spend a lot of time just digging for stuff that I like. Like, I'm not a huge, like, Norteño fan shit like that, but – you know, there the, you
1: be putting out some records. I'd be like, "What the hell is this?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, know, like, I've, I've, I've kind of, I've developed a strategy for digging for Latin records and what I will and won't buy. Mm. Um, you, you know, there, there are some things that I look for. You know, that might hit me off to like, yeah, this is gonna be something that's real whack, or now nah, I might have a little bit of potential. You know, so I look for certain things. But
1: have you ever released a, a Latin? No, I haven't released.
0: I yeah. have not, but there there's a we guy should do that. There's a guy in Brazil that's got a project out that I would love to put out a seven inch of at some point, but um I haven't even approached that subject. But yeah, I would love to put out some Latin shit. I think you are should. Kidding me?
1: I think you should.
0: I'll be all about it.
1: His knowledge is ridiculous. He'd be pulling out records from like dog, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you find this?
0: You were, you were I know we talked about it thanks for listening you got the little podcast episode that you yeah, yeah, you are yeah, yeah, like what is this? What does this guy know about it? Latin <laughs> records.
1: And- no, it's real and then he was like shh, shh. I was like oh let me shut up. I I don't and, know and, anything. And and
0: I know this much man. Like let, let me not front, you know. I mean, I I don't know nearly as much as a lot of these cats out here know. Like um Daniel, um does Palante, the Palante show yes, in, in yes, D.C. DC. A shout out. I think it goes by Foot Foot Lake or Foot Lake, Foot Lake One yes, or does. something like that. I still want
1: to be featured on your radio show, man. Because yeah, the show is dope, man. I, I like, love it's, it. Records. It's,
0: it's dope. Just, I'm going to plug his show just because I love Please. what he does. I love man. what he does. He does, does, you know, covers everything from a live music perspective and plays a lot of stuff, but he spends a lot of time, and this is what I really respect about his show, is talking about... Uh, social issues and, you know, injustices and cultural things and things like that that impact the Hispanic community, you know, and that stuff is important, it's underreported, and it's underappreciated. So I respect what he's doing and the format that he has and kind of taking that mantle. So he does a good job.
1: Yeah, they, speaking of under coverage, like, you know, they discovered that there was, like, almost 5,000 deaths in PR because of Maria. Exactly. And then they showed, like, the digital... Like viewership or coverage
0: mm-hmm. and it was
1: like this much for the for Puerto Rico and then like this much for Roseanne because she did a tweet. Right. Exactly. And it was like, damn, dog. Exactly. You guys care more about Roseanne getting canceled than yeah, people dying? They, they, they do. <laughs> they do
0: because PR might as well be a third world country, man.
1: You go to some parts, brother. Look looks like it, country, it is, man.
0: but, you know, I mean, we're not going to shift all the ways of politics, but, you know, there's no reason. We should be just as outraged about Puerto Rico as we should about Houston or about right. Florida yeah. or about Hawaii with right. volcanoes. Volcanoes, right? man. I lava. I more about God. God bless everybody there because I'm, right. I'm not disparaging that situation. Because right. That's a difficult situation for a lot of people in their lives, but <laughs> displacement of people's homes and their property is never a good thing, man, but you have 5,000 people. You have people that still don't have power. Yes. And we're in hurricane season now. Yeah.
1: And it's like eight or nine months after. Right. So, uh,
0: why is that? You know, why is that? So, I don't know, man. So, that's... that's,
1: KRS-One asked that in in the 90s. And and there ain't no good good answer.
0: But those are the things that he's talking about, man. So, I don't know. I have some weird connection to that, man. That just like some sort of like, I don't know, spiritual sense that I just have a connection to that. So...
1: You should watch this movie about Simon Bolivar. It's actually pretty good. I, I, think called, I think it's called. It. I think it's called. I think it's called like the, the liberator.
0: I think I've seen it.
1: It's actually really good. Okay, like really good because it shows that Afro Latino like side of it. Okay. and he was this Creole guy who was like your complexion, but you, there's scenes of him like dancing with the Latin, you know, the Latino okay. Africans, like yeah. the slaves, keeping it real. And that part was like, it's like damn, you know, just to show like not them not in a lower light. It's just to show a man like in that time because. Slavery in America gets a lot of coverage, but Caribbean slavery gets no coverage, and I think it should. I think that's why there's still a lot yeah. of racism in Latin American countries. Absolutely,
0: there was another. They movie, don't see the history. They don't see the history. There was another movie. Um, I might be misremembering the title, called "Cabeza de Vaca." Yeah, and, I've never seen that. And it was about out. um Spanish conquistadors that came over, and I believe believe it's been years since I've seen it, but I believe it had a story when is uh this guy. Spanish descent you know light color complexion they go to Florida and they're looking to like conquer the land and things like that he happens to get captured Mm. by the indigenous folks here and he like at first is rebelling he wants to get away wants to kill them all and as he spends time in captivity you know they treat him they treat him with respect he ends up Understanding their culture and understanding what his shortfalls were, and he ends up fighting with them and for them in the end to protect their way of life, protect their civilization. So, you need to text me that. Yeah, I will text, text me that. Me that. You know, hopefully, you can trust my memory. I, I don't, <laughs> you're a
1: father and married man. Yeah, I, I you know, know, I know our limitations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's dope. So, yeah. But
0: yeah, I mean, but that's the type of stuff you hear about, you know.
1: Right, you hear about it, but there's no like coverage about it, like no, seeing it in movies or you know proper depictions.
0: No, no, that's that's not important to the, to the average no. middle America household.
1: I mean, it's crazy, I, and it's my last political topic because I gotta shut the fuck up. Because like people wow. with my complexion, like people like me who are mixed, it's like it's crazy when I see these movies, and it's like it's like why did people hate? The mixed kids so much, like the mother and the father obviously didn't give a damn. But it's like we became like a symbol of like culture crossing. Like right. that's a bad thing. Yeah. But then who's the best looking motherfuckers? The light skinned mixed people. Yeah. <laughs> Why you hate us so much, Yo. son? No,
0: <laughs> I mean you talk talk to any any Filipino, right? Like the Mestiza babies, that swear, you know, swear the most beautiful babies. Yes. Like, uh, you know.
1: I've seen some bad ones, but yeah, yeah. That, I, I just love that scene. It was really it was <laughs> really an intense <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, that's that's why I don't understand. I'm like, you you got the best of both worlds. Why did that hate that so much exactly but anyway? Before we get out of here, man, what do you what do you want to let the people know, man? Uh um, and thank you for this this beer, bro. This this, hit, this hit a great spot. <laughs> Shout out
0: Napoleon, the the presidentes you brought through left over from last week are going to good use. So I appreciate I, you I thank you, Napoleon. Um, Nah, man, you know, if, if I could leave anybody with anything, I don't know, man. It would be on some life shit, I guess, man. It's just, like, stop. You know, a lot of things we're talking about here is just you know, stop and take a couple of minutes and listen and learn. Man, you can learn something from everybody. You can learn something from music. You can learn something from the cashier at the grocery store. Like, yo, know, just take time instead of always sharing your opinion about shit and just pause, man, and try and learn from somebody else or something else, man. Like, that's to me what music is really about, that's what brings everything together. It just kind of adds to that understanding, and, you know, there's no different. Our relationship, no different than that. So. No. So that's what it is, I guess. And, uh, yeah, maybe check out some of our records, too. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I was like why me, not? Let me alley-oop this for him. <laughs> why not? <laughs> All right, brother. It was
1: a pleasure talking to you, man. You, you definitely, my time in the Seven Cities, even though it didn't work out the way I wanted. Well, I didn't really have a plan. I was kind of just here just to f- figure out shit. But I'm glad that, like, I ran into the people I need to run into. Yo, likewise, man. I appreciate so. you.
0: Thank you for everything, brother. Yes, sir. Anytime, man. You're always welcome.
1: All right, man. It's your man Sofrito, Representative of Flavor. Tune in to whenever the hell I post stuff. <laughs> of my well, man, peace my man, Ologist. And on that note, we say peace. Peace. All right. There you have it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out my man, Ologist, of Common Good Records. Don't forget, we're doing a giveaway for a 7-inch vinyl of dirty money breaks by Jake Nager, drums, funkiness. So to enter the win or how to participate, I should say, make sure you follow at last of the on Instagram. That is L A S T O F T H E S O L E H I C A N S. Don't blame me for that. That was Los Del Fresco who set up the account. Also, don't forget to follow Common Good Records. If you don't know how to spell Common Good or Records, you might as well just turn this off right now. So anyway, follow us, tag a friend. We'll be doing a giveaway Winners be picked soon. Thanks again for the love and support. I'm your man Sofrito. On behalf of Common Good Records, my man Ologist and hip-hop, I say peace. Peace.